passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. You're listening to a post-game edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Sean Shapiro. One of the other aspects that I really liked tonight was without Joe Pavelski, um, which is a massive uh, component of that first line, Rope Hans and Jason Robertson still did their thing. And we saw some great uh, play from Robertson, from Hans. Sagan did a nice job stepping up on that line. Also wanted to give credit because I thought they were quiet. Um, even though Wyatt Johnston had some great chances in game one, the Ben, the Donoff, Johnston line was a force tonight. The, the Donoff trade is uh, something that, uh, yeah, that's really paying off. I mean, it was, I really looked at that trade when it happened as more of a get rid of Dennis Gurionov trade than a bring into Donoff trade, but it's been a really sneaky good move for the stars. He's fit in so well. Um, he's played so well with Jamie Benn and Wyatt Johnston. And like he is uh he gets the job done right around the net. Like it's uh it's been a really good move for for the stars, the Dodonov trade. Um even even more so of like you look back at the deadline and you think like the Domi trade is the one was the bigger name, the bigger profile, but the Dodonov trade is the one that has netted better results and they were good. Um, I thought uh, looking at the game tonight, it's kind of amazing to, because to think that this will get lost in it, but I mean, Miro Heishkinen dropping four assists tonight. Yeah. Good point. And, and four assists and three, I want to double check this three of them on the power play. I, I believe like just the, um, the way the the way he stepped up, and it's it's kind of like we talked about going into this series, how it was kind of fitting that 
They were playing a team that has John Klingberg, even though Klingberg hasn't played yet this series, obviously because of injury, but to see Miro continue to seize that power play QB one status and really own it. uh, And then just on a night like tonight, it's, I thought it was almost fitting too, where the stars scored a couple goals on tips. Like you talk about like yes. the little like subtle tributes to like working on things that kind of Joe Pavelski helped install as part of the culture of this team that still are there, even when he's unfortunately watching from home. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, there was one point in the game that I think the stars can learn from and that's, they had total momentum and then Hawk and Paw. You know, holds happen, penalties happen. It probably shouldn't have happened, kind of needless. But, I mean, you know, it's a physical game. And the Wild exploded with a power play goal and then a goal right after that, and you're like, oh, wow. Um, And it's a one-goal lead. But kudos to the Stars. They stayed aggressive. Um, They kept to their game. And the Stars scored. I mean, Tonight's game was a back and forth tilt. I mean, if you're just kind of like that passive hockey fan, you know, you kind of just went tonight and you're like, my God, hockey's the greatest game ever. Look at all this excitement, goals back and forth. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, this was fun, right? Like it's been a fun, like the both games have been fun for various reasons. Obviously. It has. The, the bedtime was not as fun for game one, but the, the game one had the drama and the overtime setup, and this had the the scoring and everything like that. And I uh, met, I'm watching on TV and it's coming through like the Dallas crowd tonight was awesome. Yeah. Like I, I know there's been this big narrative on hockey Twitter right now of like the loudest building in the NHL and people have been like, and I, I don't want to go down that debate of what's the loudest building in the NHL because I think it's very silly because it's like um, it's just, it's the same way that every single coach and every single team and every single player will say we have the best fans in the world. But you could feel the energy through the TV night from Dallas. Yep. You could watch like it was it was like Dallas fans showed up. It was that was fun. So I agree. It was uh, fun. All right. So let's look forward to. Uh, game three on Friday. I mean, clearly both teams have to regroup now and a day off. So uh, how does Dallas continue the momentum? Is it just as simple, Sean, as just play your game, you'll win, you know, this series will play out, just don't buy into um, the situation uh, with the physicality of the wild and you'll be fine. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think the only thing you change is um, uh, I I think the only slight change you make is with uh, assuming Gustafson will be back in goal for game three, which probably obviously will be the case. I think the only thing you change is the one area where Fleury is better than Gustafson is, is that puck handling. And so I think the one thing you do to try to 
as a team to make a slight tweak to try to get to the wild. And you try to you try to develop more of the forecheck. You kind of take tonight and you try to develop a little bit more of the forecheck, um, especially going into Minnesota, going into a place where they'll have matchups. Um, I think that's really the only slight tweak. That's the emphasis you bring in. How do we get the puck into those corners where Gustafson can't handle it? How do we kind of build off that? But aside from that, you basically bottle up game two and say, do the same thing over again. And, and this is just like, these are just small tweaks where you, you add the, um, you just kind of, you add on top of what's already working. Should be a raucous crowd in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, but that's what you want, you know, and this, you're right. This series is a lot of fun. So I will also tell stars fans, you know, <laughs> this is hockey. It's emotional and, but it's a long series. And I refer you to Boston tonight as the Florida mm-hmm. Panthers tied up uh, the series. I refer you to Carolina um, where Carolina won in overtime, but that series is awfully close. The Kraken are up one game to none. The Winnipeg Jets, as we record this, are up one game to none. So it's long, and I mean, you know, I think if I'm Gary Bettman, I'm kind of sitting back, Sean, and I'm like, I love this parody. This is what these first rounds are all about. Yeah, I mean, the first round is, by 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 and large, the best time of the year. The two weeks where there's so many games um obviously we talked earlier in the week about kind of manipulating start times would probably be more ideal but yeah um i think there is i go back to um when i from my time covering the texas stars and uh, willie desjardins who uh is now coaching the whl but was eventually coached the vancouver canucks after his time in texas he always said uh he always said the easiest game to steal is game one on the road because that's where you can sneak in there and, and kind of take, take it. And to me, that's a perfect example with um, Seattle taking game one in Colorado and the Kings with in pretty spectacular fashion, like they did in game one, obviously Edmonton came back and won tonight or Winnipeg going into Vegas. It's, not every team has played two games out West. Um, but even though the series is tied one, one stars look like have looked like the most complete team out West. I, I, I know yep. it's kind of like silly to say after just two games, but like Seattle, I mean, Winnipeg went into Vegas and I think that was more of, it seemed to me more like Vegas was struggling. The Kings and Oilers are split, but they've both been good. Like, the stars have been the better team for two games and it just yeah. happens to be they are Gustafson for one game. So like I'm feeling really good about where the stars sit yeah. on this path forward right now. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. Optostats on Twitter uh sent this out. Rope Hints of the Dallas Stars is the first NHL player to score a shorthanded goal, an even strength goal, and a power play goal in three separate periods in the same postseason game since Mario Lemieux did it on May eleventh, nineteen ninety six. It's uh, just it's the first uh, first hat trick we've had since the franchise moved to Dallas that actually took place with fans in attendance because the other three hat tricks in franchise playoff history since the franchise moved to Dallas 
And it's actually amazing to think about this because you think about all those runs in the 90s and the 2000s. Yeah. The Stars never had a hat trick until the Edmonton bubble. And in the bubble, they had uh, Pavelski, Kiviranta, and Guriano have all had hat tricks in the bubble. Yeah. But <laughs> that that's it. Like, that's it. Like, but to think that for the history of this franchise and the deep runs they took in the late nineties when they won cups and everything like that, the fact that there was never that Madano, Neuendijk, Hull, uh, even like, or like, or uh, like the fact that no one else had had a hat trick in franchise history. Um, it's one of those like, wow, that's pretty surprising to me stats when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are you watching Ryan Suter get under uh Kaprizov skin? Or trying? I don't think he is. Yeah. I, I I really I I don't like I th- I I'm seeing him try. Yeah. Um I think with Kaprizov, at the end of the day, part of this comes down to he has to carry that team offensively so much. I don't think I don't think a other player getting under his skin from the other team is going to be, is really the breakdown. I think it's more so of Kreisov has to do so much for this team that Jason Robertson doesn't have to do for Dallas because the wild aren't built the same way. And I think, I think, I think that's kind of more of it. And you start to see the, some of the frustration come together that way. Um, I did really like um, Gavin. I did really like seeing uh, Thomas Harley getting to run the second power play unit tonight. In the yes, game. I re- I, I liked that a lot. I thought that was uh, whether that was a score effects or a real decision, we'll find out. But I, I really liked at least seeing that in this realm because um, I, I want Thomas Harley to be a long term part of the Stars, and I think running the power play is a big step for him in the NHL. Um, it's, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was lots of good things to take out of tonight. Yeah. You go to now and now, now you just go to Minnesota and you'd obviously love to come back three, one, but it's, it's very much, it's, it's, it's still as simple as if you're Dallas, you feel pretty good. I mean, if you can just split in Minnesota, you're still feeling pretty good about everything. But I think you can also go in with higher expectations, especially after tonight, because you've got a Minnesota team that's reeling. They're dealing with injuries. Um, and even if they get some of those guys back, they're going to be far from 100%. So, And you have pointed out numerous times on this podcast, Thomas Harley being sent down, being that number one defenseman in Texas, running that power play unit for the Texas Stars. I was thinking tonight, without that seasoning in the AHL like he had this year, let's just say Harley was like Joel Hanley with the team all year, playing off and on, or like Lundquist. I don't think you see him tonight on that second power play unit. No, you don't. No, if Lundquist is for, if they're switched, for example, if Nils Lundquist is in the lineup, um, He's not getting that opportunity. He's not having because he didn't have that AHL that AHL seasoning, that AHL chance. So, hundred percent on that. Um, we've said it before. Thomas Harley's development was handled the right way this year, and it's going to. And I thought he looked good again tonight. I thought I don't think he's been intimidated by the moment at all. Um, it's. I, I look at Harley and I look at the progress and I look at kind of 
how he's continuing to show he's ready to be part of the long-term plan. And it definitely allows us to have some more fun conversations in after the season's over about, about that as well. We win here is Sean Shapiro's new book. I say that. So he'll continue coming on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) and he dives into the Texas stars with some amazing stories. Um, Talks about Jack Campbell, talks about Curtis McKenzie. Um, There's a lot of stories in there. And if you love hockey and you like this podcast, one of the things we try to do is talk about stories because that's what makes the great game of uh, hockey 